when we talk to Kiwis in other countries, we sometimes use the national anthems where they live. Here's the one from Vietnam. And it's surprising how many of them are quite fierce and sometimes bloodthirsty. Marching to war, the path to glory is built by the body of our enemies. This gentleman from Vietnam has just been singing. Uh, Giles Cooper is calling home this morning, early morning for him, but he's staying up to watch the game from a place that's mostly never heard of the Rugby World Cup. Giles lives in Hanoi in Vietnam. He's there with his wife Asia and their children Lexi and Jack. Giles is a lawyer. He went to St Thomas's College in Christchurch and then the University of Canterbury. Then there were various travels ending up with his opening the Puku Cafe and Sports Bar, another bar. And now he owns a couple more bars. Giles has been up in Vietnam now for 24 years. Giles, good morning. Good morning, Jim. Pleasure to be here. Very early morning. A big event, uh, the Rugby World Cup final. Not so much in Vietnam, I'm assuming, though. Oh, you know, I've, I've got a few of my colleagues interested in it, but it's, it's true to say there's, there's not widespread interest amongst the uh, local populace here. <laughs> now, your bars... Uh, I know what they're called. They're called the Standing Bar and the Bottle Shop. But the first one you went up or found yourself in Vietnam for, it was called Puku, yeah? It was, yeah. We uh, That was more of a sort of uh, New Zealand cafe kind of uh, concept that uh, I opened up in, in Hanoi with a, a few Kiwi mates, actually uh, probably around about 2000. I had a, a, a very close friend, um, a, a gentleman called Elliot Samuels, who in fact now works at Radio New Zealand himself. Yes. Um, he was, I went to primary school with Elliot uh, and then high school and then university, we lived together. And he got himself involved in, in journalism here in Hanoi. He sent back many tales of, uh, of intrigue and, and mystery and excitement about, about Hanoi and the sort of rapid pace of, of life and interesting activities that he was up to here in Hanoi. So that, that really piqued my interest. And uh, he essentially, you know, I essentially came to see him. And we, we both very quickly had the idea of opening a, a New Zealand cafe. There's a, there's a really deep coffee culture in Vietnam, the, 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 French, the sort of hangover from the, the French colonial times. And there's, there's very excellent coffee here, but it's, it's, it's a, they call it cafe fin. It's a drip coffee. And we, we just thought we'd be interested in bringing that kind of espresso-based cafe culture here and uh yeah before before we knew it really we had this cafe up and running it was great yeah well it's such an interesting endeavor uh your current bars are in the or near the old quarter of hanoi where the streets are named basically for what they represent yeah that's right so the old quarter is as, as you say yeah they're all the streets are named for the mercantile activity that goes on in those streets they have you know uh, Drum Street, uh, Incense Street, uh, Steel Street, on and on. Uh, they go, I think there's 36 of them in total. We're, our bar is just on the edge of that. We're, we're right on the lake, uh, standing bar at least, is right on a lake called Tookback Lake. And Tookback Lake is most famous for the lake that John McCain, the uh, late American senator, his plane was shot down. He crashed into that lake. He was hauled out of that lake uh, at gunpoint. Uh, 
and then spent many years in the so-called Hanoi Hilton here uh, following that. But uh, that, that lake is a very picturesque lake right on the edge of the old quarter and standing bar is right uh, overlooking that lake. I never knew John McCain. I knew he was imprisoned. I knew he had crashed. Never knew he crashed in a lake in the middle of Hanoi. That's, thank you for the information. Um, I saw a photo of Train Street with the tracks in the middle of a very narrow, a narrow as street, actually, which looks fabulous. So this is this quarter is your stereotypical Asian market in a sense with everything on earth on sale where all the tourists go. Yeah, it is. It's also very much a residential area. I mean, uh, you know, I've heard it said it's one of the most dense residential areas on, on earth. Um, I, I don't know exactly the numbers, of course, but th th there are a lot of family homes in there. There's a lot of warrens, a lot of long alleyways. As you say, typically each street will have, um, you know, one sort of specialty product that, uh, uh, that that is purveyed out of there. Yes, that's true. Where do you in Asia and the children live you can't own property in vietnam can you we rent a house on the it's on uh, another lake the hanoi is a city of lakes uh it's on another lake called west lake which is the the largest lake there are a lot of uh sort of expatriate families out there we we moved there about sort of five or six years ago when our daughter first started to go to school we had for many many years uh sort of i guess derided a little bit living out in that part of hanoi uh, but when our daughter became uh, school age, we were told that if, if we stayed where we were, she would have to be collected at the bus stop uh, 10 minutes from our then house at 6.15 in the morning to go on an hour and a half drive to school. So yeah. that was untenable for us. So we, we had to move much closer to her. And that basically meant moving up to the Westlake area, which is it's very pretty up there. It's very nice, um, but it's, you know, it's a little bit expatty. <laughs> You've been up there such a long time now. Do you get home much? We there were many there was a number of years when I didn't get home much. Lately, in the last sort of you know COVID aside, in the last sort of ten years or so, I've been trying to get home at least twice a year, and I've been managing that for the for the most part. Yes. Okay. Where did you and how did you meet Asia? By the way, we met through mutual friends here in Hanoi. Right, but she's from the United States. She is. She, she has Vietnamese heritage. Uh, her, her, her mother is Vietnamese. Her father was an American right. soldier, in fact. And they, they, they moved back to America together, and she was born in um, Iowa, of all places. Actually, they would still have been talking a bit about the war uh, a little when you first got there all those years ago, wouldn't they? But I presume that's all faded away now? It, it has. There was some talk about it. There were still policies that were sort of over from from that period of time, um, but they were they were d dissolving rapidly. In fact, at that time, and certainly these days, no one is talking about the war. You know, it's funny. You set out to interview the owner of a couple of sports bars with an idea in mind of a casual life, uh, a lot of work, but with a a lot of vibe as well. And then I came across this. Giles is co-chair of the Vietnam Business Forum's Governance and Integrity Working Group and a board member of the Vietnam Institute of Directors, followed by a list of your legal achievements, Giles, as long as my arm. So, in fact, that's mostly <laughs> can you describe mostly what you do? So in fact, I'm a uh, I'm a lawyer. I'm currently a partner in a law firm called Allen's, which is Australia's oldest and largest law firm. And Allen's has had a presence in this country for 30 years. It is, in fact, the 
the very first foreign uh, law firm to get a license to operate in Vietnam. You help international energy sector investors develop, build, finance and buy and sell energy assets. Now, how easy is this to do in Vietnam? How easy is the law to practice there? I mean, it's incredibly uh, complicated. There, there's been a, a vast amount of lawmaking and uh, very, very challenging to, to stay on top of it all. In the energy space in particular, um, it's you know perhaps even more challenging because you know energy is a, a very significant uh, national interest, of course. It's vital to the economic development, which is essential, of course, to Vietnam's stability overall. We have to navigate those rules very carefully with our clients who who are you know large international energy companies on the whole. I know out of Norway, Japan, Singapore, Denmark, the US, uh, advising an Australian investment group on joint development and proposed acquisition of a stake in a company developing big wind power projects, a Spanish company, multiple wind and solar projects. But you seem to have been pretty adroit at it. Asia-Pacific Deal of the Year, that was in 2017, Project Finance Deal of the Year. It's a wonder you get time to run bars at all. (laughs) Well, Jim, I I, I confess I don't do a lot of the running of the bars. Uh, You know, these days my my interest was to, you know, set them up and, you know, be involved in the fun elements of them when I could. But certainly, you know, day to day, my my partner and our our managers uh, have that under control. But you go down to them because you run, I was reading, you run vinyl-focused music events. Who comes along to those? Well, you might well ask, actually. So I've been running vinyl events in Hanoi for quite a few years now. And in the early days, of course, it was, you know, conceived as a bit of an arcane pursuit uh, with not not some widespread interest but over the last uh, couple of years and especially for the last year in particular it's been absolutely fascinating to see the amount of interest amongst young vietnamese to to get involved in, a, in, the, in the world of vinyl and record collecting um there are of course a lot of old records floating around here from the old days so there's this sort of bustling market and in, in secondhand uh, vintage uh, original vietnamese music as well so it's it's really developed uh, massively and and these days we have a regular friday night event called strictly vinyl at standing bar and these days it's sort of 90 percent uh young under 30 um vietnamese uh kids you know getting involved having fun wow and you're having fun too obviously (laughs) i love it i'm the the old guy in the corner uh i i play whenever i can but uh i'm nowhere near as talented as as some of the, the the young guys are you one of those people who thinks vinyl sounds better than digital, full stop? <laughs> no, no, not necessarily at all. I think there's a wide wide range. But whereas it might not sound better, it certainly feels and looks better. <laughs> it does. It does. What do you like most, Giles, about your life and your family's life up there? Can you tell us about the pleasures of Hanoi, as it were? There's lots of amazing places to see, great beaches, great mountains. Uh, you know, lots of uh, interesting sights and sounds and foods. So, you know, th- those are the those are the pleasures that I that I get out of uh, living in Vietnam. Plus, of, of course, being able to get into the region very easily. So, not not just Vietnam, but being able to go to visit Laos, Cambodia, Thailand, Singapore, uh, Hong Kong, Taiwan, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, I know you're marvelously centrally situated. Out of interest, with Lexi and Jack, do they feel an affinity with? 
New Zealand? They certainly do. Um, they, they, in fact, have three citizenships. They're British, because uh, I was actually born in England. Um, they're American and they're Kiwi. They've never really lived anywhere other than Vietnam. But they, their strongest affinity is absolutely with New Zealand. And if you ask them where they're from, much to my wife's chagrin, they, they will say New Zealand first. <laughs> Good on them. I shouldn't say that. Um, there are downsides. How is the air up there for a start? There are downsides. The air quality is probably the number one um, you know, problem that we, we have here. Then you can really sometimes even you know, taste it in the air. It's, it's definitely the biggest downside for us. I was thinking when I was reading about you, and I, a lot of people must come and go in your life, must breeze through or stay for a few expat years and move on. I mean, your family and what you've achieved and your businesses would keep you rooted, of course. But do you ever feel like the guy in the song Year of the Cat when the bus and the tourists are gone? You know, you've been there so long. <laughs> I have felt that like that at, at certain points over the over the time. My wife and I were talking about this recently, and you know, we look back, you know, as you say, a lot of people come and go, some will be two years, there are a lot of, you know, diplomats and NGO type people who get posted for three years, maybe four years. So there's this constant sort of roundabout. But when we looked at it, we realised there was sort of three, sort of every seven years it's happened. There's been really, really significant clean outs of our circle of friends or our group uh, of, of people that we socialise with. So and real, real clean outs, you know, you turn around one day and there's really no one left that you used to spend uh, you know, sort of every every weekend with so that 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 is uh, a feature of living here for sure. Um, but uh, but as you say, you know, there, there's enough here to keep me rooted, and there are always new people uh, coming through. So so that's that's good. And presumably, the Vietnamese people are very welcome and warm. Well, I've heard that, and presumably they are. And you wouldn't have stayed otherwise. Absolutely, yeah. The Vietnamese people are wonderful. Um, it's a wonderful country on on so many levels. Um, but the people definitely right at the top of the list. They're very, very warm, and welcoming. I mean, a lot of people over the years have arrived very sort of trepidatious um, about you know maybe Americans, for example. Uh, but no, there's 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 zero um, ill will. Everyone is very friendly, very open. They have a very young population, of course. So you know, nearly. 50% under the age of 30. Um, and, you know, those people don't have any hangover from any historical uh, injustices or otherwise. So they're very, very outward-looking, open, warm, friendly people. Isn't that interesting? Because they went through so much. There was so much rancor and so many um, places destroyed and so much death on both sides. And in other parts of the world, that's a recipe for, you know, centuries of enmity, but not where you are. Yeah, that's yeah, true. And I think I think on some level, the, the, the centralised form of government that they have here, the political stability that they have here as a result is a, is a major reason for that. The cost of living's cheaper? Sure is. Um, the cost of living here is, is, is very, very reasonable. I mean, it's increasing like everywhere on the planet, I suspect, but um, it's still, you know, relatively speaking, you're talking, you know, fractions of equivalencies uh, compared to New Zealand. So, Giles, we we arrive in Hanoi. You send us out for the day, or two days, if you like. Where do you dispatch us to? What would we need to see? Well, there's the you know there's the tried and trusted uh, classic tourist spots around Hanoi. Halong Bay is the UNESCO World Heritage site. That's uh, where you see those dramatic cast 
mountains rising out of the sea. That's, you know, a couple of hours up the road from Hanoi. It's, it's kind of a must-see, I suppose. Um, obviously, it's very heavily um, touristed these days, um, and that, that has its um, repercussions a little bit. Mine, you know, my number one suggestion or tip for people to come into Hanoi is to go down into the old quarter, find one or ten of the amazing cafes that they have here um, and just sit down, usually on the street, there's the little stools on the street, sit down, drink some coffee and just watch. <laughs> just sit and watch all the things that happen around you, all the people moving around, doing their various uh, bits of business. Uh, that's, for me, that's the most fascinating and interesting thing uh, to do in Hanoi. And the coffee's good. What about, I, I'm assuming the food is tremendous. What What is your favourite Vietnamese dish? Do you have one? Sure do, yeah. The food is amazing. There's a lot of fresh ingredients here. My favourite Vietnamese dish is a dish called bun cha. And bun cha is a, uh, it's grilled pork patties uh, and grilled bacon. They grill it on the street over, um, over charcoal and then uh, it's served with a cold, uh, fresh white rice noodle and a, a dipping sauce and a huge bowl of uh, fresh herbs, like, you know, 10 or 12 different herbs just mounded up on the bowl and you kind of mix it all together in the dipping bowl and, and get it in your mouth. It's it's an incredible dish. By yeah. far my favourite. That does sound delish. Is the street food safe to eat? It is on the whole. I think, um, you know, like anywhere, you have to use your smarts to make sure you eat places where you can see a lot of activity. Um, on the whole, I, I've had very, very, very little problem. And Hanoi is generally safe. Not just the food, but the city's pretty safe, isn't it? It's incredibly safe from a yeah, from a, a personal safety perspective. It's very, very safe. You very, very rarely see or hear of any kind of physical um, violence or, or, or drama. Or that I mean, it's not unheard of, but uh, you know, sad to say, you know, walking around the streets here late at night, I mean, feel much safer than uh, perhaps in Cashel Street in Christchurch. Really? Oh, that's interesting. That is so interesting. All right, a bit more to ask you. Oh, in terms of sending us out for the day, so we've done the old quarter. I know there's the big Ho Chi Minh mausoleum because they worship him. So in terms of actual sites to see um, outside the, the old quarter of Hanoi, where else would you recommend? The Westlake area I spoke about earlier, Westlake is very large. I think it's 17 kilometres uh, you know, around the circumference. So there, there are lots of lovely places to, to hang out and visit along there. My kids are fiends for, for Japanese food, and there's an awful lot of Japanese food because there's an awful lot of Japanese um, activity and Japanese individuals in uh, Vietnam. So the Japanese food is both amazing, plentiful, uh, but and also inexpensive. So we, we frequently go out to Japanese food on the weekend. There's a lot of Japanese restaurants not far away from where we are. Of course, your bar's... Uh, we might think that they were thronged with people watching the Rugby World Cup, but they're not allowed to be because of the time difference uh, between us. Um, you're not allowed to stay open, I understand. That's right. Midnight uh, clothing here in, in, in Hanoi, at least. So there are a couple of exceptions to that in very um, touristy areas. They're allowed to stay open until three. But everywhere else, um, midnight is uh, the witching hour. <laughs> the three things, Giles, please, that you miss about New Zealand. Can you think of three things? Yeah, I can. Uh, I miss the clean air. <laughs> I miss that. I miss uh, being able to drive a car. 
which I, I do enjoy in New Zealand. Get to put the stereo on. There's a lot of motorbike action here. It's pretty hard to listen to a stereo on a motorbike. Um, and the, the last thing, um, I guess, would be grass. Just walking or being able to walk on grass. There's not much grass here. Um, it's, and if, if there is, you're not supposed to, to be on it. So I, those are three things I really miss. Driving a car, good grass, and clean air. Yeah, we can understand why. So do you ride a bike around? How do you get around? I, I have a motorbike, um, and I get around on that mainly. Right. And everybody would have those kinds of reasonably low CC motorbikes and just tootle around the place. Yep, that's right. They're everywhere. It's <laughs> horrifying and, and, uh, and fascinating in equal measure. Would you take a bigger bike out on the country roads or is that not really done so much like it is here? Um, you would and you do see it. My, I would take a 250cc out on the country roads, which is, you know, pretty pretty medium powered, um, but, but a lot bigger than some in the city. Um, and, but you, you see people with bigger bikes, but it's very risky. The quality of the roads is, is not going to be, um, you have to be prepared for a lot of sudden movement and activity out there on those roads. So it's not a great idea. <laughs> do you think you'll stay up there or do you think one day you'll come and live here? You know, that's a question uh, my wife and I ask each other every every few years and then we sort of put it off for a few more years. I mean, I, my stated goal is to be here until uh, Vietnam is able to connect a large-scale offshore wind project. And those projects are very, very complicated, very, very expensive, but I think very, very valuable for the future of this country. There's a lot of interest in them. We're just at the very beginning, to be honest, of, of, of getting those developed. Um, and it is probably going to be a good five to seven years before one of those projects gets connected. But... I hope that we will be advising those people, we will be helping them, and when that's connected, I will feel that uh, I, I can leave. When you've achieved a level of sustainability for Vietnam, you'll feel your job's done. <laughs> well, perhaps, yeah. It might be overstating a little, but yeah, something like that, yes. <laughs> I thought I'd make it sound grand. Interesting talking to you. Fascinating life. Who's going to win uh, when the game finishes today? I've occupied your attention it's... for a long time. It's, it's got to be the Kiwis. Uh, I feel I'm all in on the, the All Blacks for this one. Thank you. Thank you for the prognosis. And f so fascinating to hear about your life and lovely to meet you, Giles. Thank you so much for your time this morning. You too, Jim. Thank you very much. Giles Cooper calling home. Let's hope he's right about the All Blacks.